And so how I came to what I'm doing now is it's a long story. I'll try to keep it pretty, pretty short. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I played a lot of soccer when I was growing up. And uh, when I went to college, I played college soccer. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I did get a degree in communications. When when that concluded, I was like, OK, now what? Now what do I do? I had to do some soul searching and I realized I really love helping people. And I still wanted to be within the sports realm. How do I do that? How do I how do I hit the highest escalate of of what I can provide to the universe? And I was like, well, I want to be a doctor. But the the kind of the funny thing is that um, when I realized that, I was like, well, I I pass out when I see blood. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Awesome Life Podcast. I'm Karen Stultz, your host. And today I have another awesome guest. Don't I always? Every week I have the most wonderful, wonderful guest. And today is no exception. Dr. Cheryl Luther, correct? That's correct. All righty. I got it right. Uh, if, as our listeners know, if I get the name off, um it's not because i don't love you it's simply because my dyslexia kicks in my ability to pronounce things kicks in so bottom line is anybody that is on the show i know is going to have a lot of fun and fun is number one and cheryl is no exception she is uh, an amazing new friend of mine i'm so excited and let me read you a little bit about her she is a sports performance specialist and author. She, uh, I, I'm going to put on my glasses here because my. I should probably oh, put mine on at some point too. Yeah. Well, Aren't we well, all getting a little <laughs> old? Our eyes are old. <laughs> well, full disclosure here. Today is a Monday and it is. Uh, strange things have been happening technologically, so we're going back to old school, which is perfect for me because I prefer to have things written down. But that does mean that I need to put on my glasses to read them. <laughs> so um, Cheryl is a sports performance doctor who specializes in neuroscience, optimal performance, and concussion recovery. She's been nominated several years in a row to the Our Detroit Magazine, H-O-U-R, I had to mm -hmm. double check that, as one of Metro Detroit's leading physicians in top docs. Dr. Luther helps current and former athletes that are suffering from chronic pain, fogginess, headaches, concentration problems, and other life-altering symptoms that prevent them, well, prevent her patients from performing at their very best. So this, this amazing lady has so much to share, and she has such a 
a marvelous bio, which I will put in the show notes, but I want to get going. I want you to hear this terrific lady. I, I When I met her, indeed, our energy work is not similar at all. Howsomever, we had a synergy. Mm-hmm. And as all things in the Awesome Life podcast, it is these guests and I are supposed to meet and make a difference, hopefully, for our listeners. And the, the well, tell us more. How did you get into this whole world of concussions and brain injuries and neuroscience? Go for it, Cheryl. Tell yeah. us where you came from, why you're here. All right. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, and as Karen has talked about, we did have some some synergy right away when we met, and uh, we've been building this relationship. And I and I'm super excited to be a part of of um, what you're what you're providing for for people. Because at the end of the day, we're both here to make sure that people are thriving in their own skin and being extremely successful in what they want to do and using their brains and their bodies to do that. And so how I came to what I'm doing now is it's a long story. I'll try to keep it pretty, pretty short. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so I I played a lot of soccer when I was growing up. And uh, when I went to college, I played college soccer. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I did get a degree in communications. When, When that concluded, I was like, okay, now what? Now what do I do? I had to do some soul searching and I realized I really love helping people and I still wanted to be within the sports realm. How do I do that? How do I how do I hit the highest escalate of of what I can provide to the universe? And I was like, well, I want to be a doctor. But the the kind of the funny thing is that um, when I realized that I was like, well, I I pass out when I see blood. So, so there was like this like little hitch and so going to med school was probably not my best option I had to figure out what else I was going to do and chiropractic does not involve blood uh, or drugs it's very natural based uh, but it's we still take the same boards as MDs we still learn the same information we still can help people in in a very uh, I won't say similar way but um, using the, the human body to help itself so I went to chiropractic school. I I became a chiropractor. I opened a couple of clinics, um, and then my sports kind of caught up with me. I played uh, women's pro football for 12 years, and I had a pretty significant back injury along with a shoulder and a couple knees. Uh, but I couldn't bend over the table all day long, so I had to kind of figure out what I was going to do. I ended up in the corporate space for a while, uh, and it was really really interesting and really fun. Uh, but at the same time, it wasn't helping people so i needed to make that that core decision and going back to my core values of i really want to i want to help people thrive and in the corporate setting it's a little bit it's it's, you're an arm's length away from humans it's a challenge it (laughs) is a a challenge challenge. so uh, i i stepped back from that and i started coaching and COVID hit so everybody's online so i've been doing that pretty uh, mostly virtual and what I'm what I'm finding is as I'm coaching more and more people, we always grow. I always gravitate to what's going on in the brain. 
I always figure out, okay, well, you're having this symptom or this emotion or this thing happened, but why? Let's get to the root cause. Let's back it up and let's figure out why, what's happening. And so if we can figure out the why, we can put a treatment plan together and we can work the treatment plan and we can get that person into the space where they really want to be, which is thriving and happy and um, doing the things that they want to do. And so so it's been my background. It's it's helping people and then sports and then specifically concussions. I told you I played a lot of football, had a lot of concussions. So uh, trying to figure out this, the treatment plan for myself has been uh, a big driver in understanding how I can help other people in the same realm. Because all, all the treatment things that I've come across, some have worked for me, some have not. And I always want to know why. And so for some people, different parts of their brain are working better than my brain. And those those different treatment plans could work better for other people. So as I gather more information, I'm able to say, okay, that's what's going on. Let's go tackle it. Let's get let's get to the bottom of that and let's help help that person uh, thrive, really. I love that. So you don't have a one size fits all. Uh, doing this, you have created a toolbox, even though your needs were a little bit different than some of your clients' needs or Absolutely. patients' needs. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I never realized there are so many different, uh, symptoms of a concussion. I thought, well, all right, don't go to sleep after you get hit on the head. But other than that, I, I don't, I don't know anything. And I, in my world, in my interviews with my wonderful guests here and with my clients, oftentimes they have had concussions that have led to really serious symptoms. And yet others are, like you say, well, hardly even know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but it's affecting them in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, there are a lot of different types of symptoms that can pop up when when your brain is stretched. In a concussion, what happens, it's it's not just your brain hitting the side of your head and sloshing back and forth. Yes, that happens, It's but it's not the actual impact against your head, your, your skull. What happens is you have, you have gray matter and white matter, and it's where the neurons sit. So you have you have the the gray matter on the outside, the white matter on the inside, and as as the brain shifts, those two types of matters, the different parts of the neuron, they they move at different paces because they're different types of structures. So it's really the stretch of the gray matter and the white matter against each other is what it, what is creating that concussion symptom. And when that happens. The brain fires everything all at the same time, and it kind of has this like explosion of of um, of of neurons triggering all these different chemical things that are happening. And sometimes the brain just needs a little bit of time to calm down, and everything's totally fine. Everything goes back to normal. But for some people, when everything's triggered, it shifts something in the brain, and the brain can't seem to figure out how to go back to normal. So we'll have all sorts of different symptoms that that are associated with that. Um, For example, if your pituitary gland, which is affected when that shift happens, 
if you have hormones that are not being regulated appropriately, you may be totally fine before the concussion, but after the concussion, maybe maybe you have thyroid issues a year later and you're like, this is unrelated, but the thyroid is regulated by the pituitary. Wow. So if you're not sleeping, that could be right immediately after the concussion, or it could be a year or two later that you're having insomnia, or maybe you're able to rest or fall asleep, but you're not you're not finding your, that you're actually getting restful sleep. So there's different types of, of sleep that you could have disrupted. Um, sexual dysfunction. Um, men typically have an erection in the morning. That is normal. That is healthy. But you will see, especially with uh, football players, MMA and MMA um, individuals, people who are getting hit in the head all the time. That goes away, and they think, mm, "I'm just getting older." No, mm. You're have, that's again coming from the pituitary gland and hormones not being filtered through the system appropriately. Um, ringing in the ears, uh, visual disturbances, not being able to read appropriately, can't read a book. All of a sudden, you're you're nauseous when you get in the car, or you can't ride a roller coaster like you could when you were a kid. There are lots and lots of symptoms that happen due to your brain not working like it should because of an injury. So this is obviously a this is not a chemical issue. This is not this is a physical issue that has created this. So what can you do what uh, when you you brought up the sleeplessness i i was thinking about a friend of mine who all of a sudden well it isn't all of a sudden it i've said they had pdsd for years but you know you put it on the back burner now now they are not getting any sleep mm. and and i'm i don't know I'll have to ask if he's been concussed in a at some point. But again, his thyroid was taken out. I wonder if that has something to do. So uh, getting back to what you were saying, getting down to the root of the cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, concussion is not the answer to everything. That's yeah. why we want to get to the root. Um, as you know that, you, I mean, you see lots of different people come to you and it, it's not a concussion, it's something else. Uh, but if we can figure out what is going on, then we can create a, a, an appropriate treatment plan so that we can unwind whatever's happened to that individual, whether it be emotional, whether it be traumatic. Um, and that's nothing. Emotional regulation happens in the brain for us, as you know. And so there are a lot of emotional pieces to a concussion. Uh, de- depression is is a is a big factor for post concussive syndrome symptoms. <clears throat> so we have, and and in fact, uh, one of the largest I won't say population. So the CTE is is an is another. Okay, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. <laughs> I get excited. I get too oh, excited. I, I get ahead of myself. I, it's so much fun. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's not fun, but it's so informational and people aren't thinking about it this way. So this is awesome. I'm so grateful that you're sharing it. Thank you. So we have a concussion. You may have one concussion. You may have many concussions. You may respond well. Your body may respond well and completely heal on its own. Uh, for many people, even one concussion or many concussions, you may have some extra symptoms that go beyond 14 days. 
Once it's beyond 14 days, that's called post-concussive syndrome. Hmm. So if you have uh, sensitivity to the sunlight, um, you have ringing in your ears, you feel dizzy, you, if you shake your head, you just feel nauseous. There are a lot of things that could still be lingering. That's PCS. Now, beyond that is C, um, CTE, which is chronic traumatic um, encephalitis, which is, is what the NFL players are dying of. Mm. And the reason I, I am talking about this because we were just talking about the emotional piece. With CTE, the emotional piece is, is tremendously important because most of these athletes, when they get to a certain degree of this disease, they're committing suicide. They're depressed. They they can't function in life like they used to. Their egos are have taken a huge hit because they can't do the things that they used to be able to do, and they feel awful about themselves. They feel mm -hmm. awful because of the chemical imbalance, but they also feel awful because they know that they, they used to be able to do these things. And so so suicide is is a prominent factor in CTE. Now CTE is can't be diagnosed until somebody is, has passed. That's the only way we know how to diagnose CT at this point. Hmm. And usually what we're finding is that research shows that CTE, I don't even want to say candidates. I don't even know how to like potential CTE individuals. Um, they've usually played a, a, a pretty brutal sport for five or more years they've been hit in the head a number of times they've had concussions they may have actual symptoms that are still unresolved um, and so those individuals can only by, be diagnosed like i said after they've passed and their their brain is sliced open and there's an mri of of the brain what we would like to do is be able to prevent that from happening by addressing the symptoms in the middle that pcs that i was talking about and allowing the the brain to heal before it gets to a point where that emotional piece or the insomnia or uh, the visual disturbances or the ringing in the ears is just so overwhelming that that emotional piece takes over. Okay. So, so there's kind of a lot there. We get we can unpack a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what I'm wondering though, you you said that you were not able to continue working on the table and so you went into the coaching mm -hmm. how do you help people long distance because mm -hmm. as a chiropractor you, you mentioned that you don't do drugs at all um and it's not all emotional like i i can send energy through the airways just like mm -hmm. you can but what how do you how do you treat your clients how do you help your clients great question so what we talked about before is we need to know what we're treating so we do some assessments i grab, grab some data and a lot of it is through uh, questionnaires um, what the the client or the patient is is feeling what they're experiencing and through those tools we can figure out what part of the brain is working and what part of the brain is not working as well or if there's a mismatch, maybe one part of the brain is like hyperactive and one is is hypoactive. And if we can get those to balance, that that would be the optimal treatment is to figure out what's going on. And then we're able to say, OK, we're going to do some eye movements. We're going to be able to do some auditory. We can send YouTube um, uh, 
like uh like playlists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sorry i have a put that aside um so so creating getting the data really drives the treatment and we can do that virtually through video through one-on-one -on -one. um i can teach people how to to use the eye movements um it's 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 a little it's a little nuanced that's a little bit different than having somebody go straight to an office and then you know you lay down and you just get worked on it's it's a little bit more proactive on on the patient side but it is completely effective and most people really enjoy it because they don't have to drive anywhere yeah exactly exactly and yeah i think it strikes me that it's more um when you go to the office, you expect to have the care done for you, to you. You don't have to do anything. And then you get up and you say, yeah, I feel great, but I'm not going to continue doing anything because mm -hmm. I'm all, I'll just go back and they'll fix me there. Whereas you're empowering them to, to learn to be helped over the net in a Zoom room or wherever and and able to empower them to help themselves when they need it absolutely uh i think that's the key for anybody to actually get 100 percent well and healthy is that they have to own it they have to own their own body they have to own why they want to do this they have to own the effort that goes into it it's it's one of the reasons one of the most frustrating things when I was in practice is that I would care so much more about my patients than they would care about themselves. And you probably find that too, even with some of some of your current clients, like you just like, just please do this, or I want this so badly for you. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll see you next week. Or or no, I I everything is fine. It's just it's something fine. I have to live with, right? Yeah. I just have to live with the dizziness, with the ringing in the ears. The doctor says there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Um, let's really look at this. Is this really yeah. true? And it's so frustrating sometimes. But um, again, that's where people like you and I have to say, okay, when they're ready, they will find the right person. And that is really what we want for them mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. to, to find the right person and uh, the right protocol to help so what kinds of tools i understand that the eye movement is miraculous i am not a doctor so i can never offer that as an option but having you be able to do that that I, i've heard nothing but fantastic results yeah. sure sure uh eye movements are really incredible so it's it the eyes are the window into the brain mm -hmm. and we can use the eyes and, and different eye movements and different eye patterns mm -hmm. diagonal right left up and down um we can use the hemisphere changes so colors the the brain is affected by colors um the different hemispheric ideas and for those that are listening on the uh podcast she is holding up like red glasses, blue oh. glasses, 
uh, glasses that have their lenses <laughs> removed. So what this does is it helps stimulate uh, different parts of the brain more than other parts of the brain so that we can eat, balance those things out. So eye movements are, are, are one treatment area that we can tap into. We can also tap into auditory. We can put an earplug in. We can um, put a, an ear pod in with music on the other side. We can um, we can get somebody on a, on a balance ball or just stand on a single leg and do some head movements. Mm -hmm. We can get people to, um, uh, so one of, one of my favorite things that we can do is I can actually, I can snail mail this thing to, to clients and it's, it's for neurofeedback. So it's a cap and it reads your brain waves. Oh. So through the assessment, we can figure out how, how do we, how do we tap into the, the brainwaves that are not working appropriately and how do we get them to work appropriately so we can put this cap on somebody and we can get them to use their brain to manipulate what's happening on the screen almost like a game so they play the game without their hands they play the game with their head and it's neurofeedback and so they're able to appropriately utilize the brain waves and retrain their neurons into a place where it's much more helpful for them so there, there are a lot of pretty cool tools that we can we can dive into. We dive into nutrition, which I'm sure yeah, you you talk a lot about nutrition with with your clients, uh, because we have we have the um, brain barrier and we also have our gut barrier. And if those two things are not working inappropriately, then we have weird chemicals happening and firing in our body, and things don't work right. So if we can get and we can help with the sleep, we can help with um, emotions we can help with all sorts of things when we have those nu nutrients proper nutrients going in the right spot at the right time uh, so that's something else that we we dig into we talk about um, another fun tool i like to use so this we talk about sleep we talk about how to get into the brain um, we talk about you can see here for the for the listeners it's a light that goes in your ear it's called the human charger and this helps stimulate uh, the the brain to understand that it's daylight versus uh, nighttime. So it helps stimulate the brain to wake up in the morning, and it helps get you back on on a rhythm that is more appropriate, so that you can combat some of those insomnia tendencies. Oh, so you put it in in the morning. In the morning. Yep. Yeah. And then keep it in all day. No, you just it's a 15 minute cycle, and oh. in the morning it's it's a it's a very small small tool, but it is a tool that we can utilize to help stimulate the brain to say, oh, it is light out. Let's wake up. And what in the evening, wonderful. we can trigger some melatonin to say, oh, you know what? I think I'm a little sleepy. It's time to lay down. Let's get some sleep. So small, 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 little tiny micro steps get us to the place where we want to be. I love it. I love it. It doesn't really have to be hard. Mm -hmm. it, it just has to be done. But let me ask you, I know many of my friends, and I have to be honest, I've never been to a chiropractor either. I've never had, I stay away from doctors to be quite honest. Oh, you should come see me. <laughs> I'll take good care of you. So I love it. Yes. And, but I know a lot of them have been going to their chiropractors, including this person with the the sleep issues for you know 20 years 
and some things get helped and some things stay the same and we just keep going back for uh, re-ups. Is that what one could expect with uh, a brain injury? That you'd have to go for years and years and years and kept coming back for re-ups or is there, I don't want to say a cure because it isn't a cure. It's a way of life to learn how to function in an awesome way. Sure. I, so I, similar to chiropractic and with the concussions, our body is all, is the continual optimist. It always wants to thrive at its best with the inputs that we're giving it. So if we are giving it the best of the best of the best, and it is functioning at its best, it's, it's not going to deviate on purpose. But we eat crappy food. We get stressed out about family. We, we don't sleep well. We sleep in weird places or stay up too late. We bring in different types of chemical stressors, emotional stressors, and that's what throws the body off. Similar to the brain, if you're constantly watching a screen, that's not healthy for the brain. Do we need to do it? Sure, we need to we need to work. But we also need to go outside, we need to enjoy some fresh air, and we need to make sure that we're giving the body the proper inputs so it can be at its optimum. And when you see people going back to the chiropractor over and over again, it's because we are constantly giving bad inputs to the body. So oh. we're combating that stress on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And so it's it's a way to get the body back online so it can function well. And then we, as humans, we're, we're notorious for smoking or eating something. You know, I had chocolate cake last night, you know, a little bit of sugar, and the body's like, woo! <laughs> exactly. Nothing like uh that is that is the hardest thing is homeostasis mm -hmm. because we we can make those shifts and we can feel better and it will be all good and you think all right I got it made in the shade but then we do something silly <laughs> our body our mind uh, everything are, wants to bring us back to homeostasis the way we are safe yeah. So similar with concussion, we we can do a lot to get to the the body in a really good spot, but most often we're we're introducing bad inputs at some point to our brain, so we have some maintenance that needs to happen throughout going forward. Um, most people don't just have a concussion like they were perfect and then they have a concussion and they're not perfect. Most people are not perfect have a concussion and now we're combating all the stuff that happened before the concussion as well as the injury. So we wanna be able to correct the injury and then have some maintenance to be able to correct the stuff that happened beforehand. Because we're, we're, we're habit-based humans, we're gonna do the same things over and over again. So we're putting those same bad inputs in. So that's why you see see a little bit of maintenance afterwards. And and with chiropractic, you see maintenance as well. It's, it's just a way to keep the body um, at its optimum uh, and combat some of those stressors. I hope and, that answers that question. Absolutely. And very similar to um, a medical doctor, uh, an MD, that you, you go on an annual basis to get checked out just mm -hmm. to stay on on the straight and narrow mm -hmm. um 
so it that that does so it isn't there is no one size fits all everything is different like with my uh brain injury client who came to me and and because i am not a doctor i did have to get his doctor's written approval before mm -hmm. i did anything with him uh, but with that said it was within four visits we had made a complete 180 in his life and that's not always the case some people had come for six months with me without mm -hmm. having that 180. um is there a standard amount of time that you would see somebody to make sure that they were able to have an awesome life for sure yeah that's a great question that's a great question so like you said there there it's it's not a standard treatment protocol everybody's a little bit different everybody's an individual so what we usually start off with is 12 weeks um we we fit in the right treatment protocols within those 12 weeks and then we reassess and sometimes people need another 12 weeks and another 12 weeks um some people need just that that single stint and maybe some homework to go to do on their own as a maintenance program um i've had people come back to me in, in two or three visits and they're like oh my god i am like 90 percent better i'm like sweet let's make sure we don't revert back exactly let's keep going and follow the protocols that we know are successful and, and is research backed so that we can get you to a point where i'm confident that that you can just go and thrive and so that's that's typically what we do is it's 12 weeks it's it's not always like it must be 12 weeks but uh in general it's it's in that ballpark yeah and how about, and how about for you that yeah for me it's 10 weeks yeah um and because i am not a doctor my work is such that if it takes more than the 10 weeks um, and it is a physical issue. I want you to see somebody else who can help you, like Dr. Cheryl here or uh, a medical doctor. Um, I have other resources mm. that I'm able to share and, and refer you to. But if it is uh, an emotional thing, and we know it is, and it's simply a case of finding the right ability to release the triggers and do the forgiveness exercises and stop being the people pleaser and stop being the self-doubter so that you can really move ahead that can be within 10 weeks easily. that's amazing that's great yeah so that's uh, and and sometimes it's longer i have had people like to say go for six months but that was all right. I, I knew there was more to it than just seeing me for six months. So sure. and there are always <laughs> levels of where people are and where they're headed. Some people are, you know, they come to you and, and they get 90% better and they think that they're 110% better. And you're like, well, there's a little bit more. And they're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then you've got those people that have hit 100% and they're like, no, I can be better than 100%. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. It's a little bit tough, but we'll keep going. <laughs> oh, we'll make 110%. You know, that's all right. 
Oh, this has been fantastic, Cheryl. And how can people reach out to you? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so if if you're okay with it, I will give you a link that you can put along with your podcast. Uh, awesome. That's the best way to reach out to me is to grab a little bit of time on my free calendar, Calendly link. 30 minutes, we'll chat and um, see if I can help you in any way. And if I can, fantastic. If I need, if I can find a referral that is better suited for you, then that's that's the route we'll take. But uh, jumping time on my my Calendly is the best way to reach me. Oh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Yes, we'll put that in the show notes so that you can go directly to that that uh, Calendly link. And whether it is something that came from sports or something else. It it's important. It's important to get to the root of the matter. Mm -hmm. And as you can hear, Dr. Cheryl is absolutely amazing at getting to the root of that cause so that you can get the best care uh, without the drugs. <laughs> uh, dangerous drugs. I was advised. Yes. Don't don't say yeah, dangerous drugs. Let's not mask anything. Let's get to the root. Yes. Exactly, exactly. As painlessly as possible. That is that is my goal with my clients, and I know it is your goal with your clients. So um, any last words before we go today? I just really appreciate the time, and, and I hope that the little information that we've been able to share today helps somebody. It just give them at least to know that there's hope out there for treatment, and they don't have to suffer with some of these symptoms that maybe they didn't even realize were part of uh, a brain injury. So there's hope out there. Seek help, get rehab, do it now, and live the life that you really want to live. And and it's it's so possible when you find the right person like Dr. Cheryl to help you. It is so, so possible. I actually have a dear friend now. Um, she was totally bedridden for two years, two years, and with a brain injury that actually whooped that entire brain off to one side and crushed everything together. She couldn't, she was paralyzed. And out of the blue, um, through a whole series of, of things, uh, she found herself listening to the universe tell her that she was not dead yet, so she better do something good with her life. And she has turned herself around. She's written five books. She has she speaks internationally and she cannot remember more than 16 minutes. Wow. So it it's it's remarkable what you can do when you have the right person helping you along the way. And she did. She she found somebody like Dr. Cheryl to help her. Oh, not her client, but somebody like her to help. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time and making making people understand that life can be awesome no matter what the circumstances might be. Mm -hmm. Indeed, it sure can. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you. So until next time, everyone, have an awesome day, an awesome life, 
and just be awesome in all you do. And be sure to like and subscribe and leave comments. We love to hear any comments that you might have. And I will forward them to our speakers when, uh, when you do. So until next time, be awesome.